0: Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearcchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Father, we're grateful for you. We're grateful for your word. We're grateful for the Holy Spirit. We are so thankful that we have an opportunity to come, just to sit in here, to laugh, to enjoy your presence, Father, to learn, to grow. Thank you, Father, that your word changes us, makes a difference in our life, changes us from the inside out. And we thank you for that. Speak to us tonight. Give us wisdom and insight. Speak through me, words that bring clarity. And Father, I thank you for that. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who is the teacher. He can teach us what no man can. So thank you. We look to you tonight. And we expect good things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A number of years ago, Joy and I, we were just getting started in ministry. And we were in Lakewood Church. And this was when John Osteen was the pastor there. And uh, he was our pastor for years. And this is in the mid-80s. And we had an opportunity to take the, the singles group. We led the singles ministry at that time at Lakewood. And it was funny because we were, all the singles were older than us. It was we were like 25 26 and all the singles we had were 30 and up and we were leading them and we had an opportunity to go on a missions trip down to mexico this is back when mexico was it's a lot safer than it is now we haven't done missions trips to mexico in a while and uh, too many kidnappings too much junk going on but at that time you could go and so we had a couple of vans church vans we loaded them up we're going down to mexico we're taking something to a to a missionary that's outside of of Monterey. And uh, as we're going down there, a guy was going with us, his name was Miguel. Miguel was older, he wasn't a single, he's a married guy. He came from Mexico, he was living in the United States, went to Lakewood. And uh, we got down close to Laredo and and we stopped to fill out some paperwork before we crossed the border. And Miguel told me, he said, Alan, he said, if you'll let me lead, he said, I'll get us through the border quickly. Amen. And uh, I thought, hey, all the Spanish I speak was like, hola, <laughs> bueno, tamales. <laughs> I don't know a lot of Spanish. So I'm, I'm like, hey, go right ahead, Miguel. You, he, he'd gone, he went back and forth all the time. So we got down there, we had to have passports and information to get across the border. Where The difference, by, at least back in the 80s, between Laredo and Nuevo Laredo is like huge. And so we crossed over into Nuevo Laredo and we're trying to get through the border to get to Monterey. And one of the girls that we had brought with us did not have her paperwork in order. And that means that we were either gonna to have to turn around and take her back or put her on a bus from Laredo back to Houston which didn't sound like a great idea. And so we're kind of in a jam. Miguel said, he looked at me, he said, come with me. So I remember I walked over with him and we walked in this place and we're standing there and there's, there's this guy behind the counter and he and Miguel are talking. I don't speak Spanish, but I can read body language. And the guy's like, and I, Miguel reaches in his pocket and he pulls out a wad of, of bills. And he goes, <laughs> lays them right there on the table. The guy goes, he goes, these are $1 bills. He goes, and I'll never forget, the guy looked at him, opened a drawer, scooped all the money in the drawer, boom, 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 stamped, and off we went. I'm like, glory, I just learned something new. So we walked out to the vans, and we're carrying some supplies and stuff and some expensive stuff to this missionary, and Miguel said, tell everybody just to be quiet. Don't say anything, I'll handle it. I'm like, whatever you say, bro, I got this. We, so we walked in and I said, everybody be quiet, just sit in the van, don't say anything. And, and the guy's making us open the doors. He's looking around in the van, had the flashlight out and Miguel walks over to him, they begin to talk and Miguel pulls that wad out again. I'm like, here we go. And Miguel goes, Phew. and the guy, and Miguel goes, just a few more. Guy looking at him and goes, and off we go. I was talking to him a little bit later. He said, Alan, he said, I took one of your, your friends down here. He took a group. He's a guy my age. The guy, he said, this, this guy told me, he said, Miguel, I don't need you to help me. I know how to get across the border. I've been a missionary. He said, they were stuck in the border for hours. Why was I not stuck? Because I was smart enough to follow the guy that knew what he was doing. Miguel was a gift to us. In Acts, the, the second chapter, Paul is talking to the church. Actually, he's talking to a bunch of people who've, who've come out there. They're, these are not the church yet. This is unbelievers. And it's Peter, I'm sorry, it's Peter said to them, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just like, just like Miguel was a gift that got me through the border, The Holy Spirit is God's gift to us, and he can get us through life. Because guess what? He's been there before. He speaks the language. He knows what to do. I'm not saying he pays people off, but he knows how to get us in in the right direction. (laughs) So, as we look at that, I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that the Holy Spirit is a gift. It changes our approach. When we recognize the Holy Spirit as a gift to us, not an experience... When we're grateful and respectful of God's gift to us. The Bible talks, and we won't talk about it tonight, but the Bible talks about not grieving him. And so when you recognize he's a gift to you, then you don't want to grieve him. And then we respond to him knowing that he's a helper. I think it's, it's good. And I, I'll walk around my house and just go, thank you, Holy Spirit, you are my helper. You help me. And joy, and I will talk about it. he helps us. He helps helps me. I need his help pastoring this church. I need his help to be a good husband, to be a good father, to be a good believer. I need his help, but I have his help. He's God's gift. And so understanding that is a real blessing. Now, we began to talk last week about what Jesus said. The one who knows him best tells about him the most. And Jesus knew the Holy Spirit better than anybody and so what Jesus says about him is very important. And we could understand more about him as we listen to Jesus talk. And so Jesus was talking in his last words to his disciples. And we see that in John, John 14, 15, 16, 17, is John recorded something that Matthew, and Mark, and Luke didn't record. And he recorded really some of the last words that Jesus said when they were all having supper together. This was an important time. And this was an important time with his disciples. But you have to understand too, guys, that Jesus' disciples weren't just hanging out with Jesus for three years. This was not just, and I know people like, hey, we're going to hang out and do life together. Well, they were doing more than doing life together. The idea was that Jesus was training these guys that when he went back to heaven, they would continue his work. They're the ones responsible for, for spreading the gospel all over the world, they had a big job. In fact, John in John uh, 20, Jesus said this: uh, "Peace, peace to you." He just appeared to them. He said, "As the Father has sent me, I also send you." So Jesus saying, "I was sent into the world." Now he's telling the disciples that they're sent into the world. And so this, what he's talking to them about at these this this last meal and these, these important words is he's giving them the scope of what's going to take place and what's going to happen in the relationship and how things are going to work. And then he even told him, he said, i got a lot of things to tell you now. You can't even bear to hear them. And so this is a really some really good stuff. John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, really good. But in this is where he begins to talk about the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says in John the 14th chapter. we're going to read verses 15 through 18. We read these last week. i want to go where well, there's some ports we didn't hit. Jesus said, if you love me, he's talking to his disciples, he said, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father. That word pray means ask the Father. And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, when Jesus is talking about this, he says, I'm going to give you another helper. Now, we talked a little bit about this last week, but it meant another of the same kind of equal quality. I'm going to give you another helper. This is not an inferior helper. This is another helper. And basically what Jesus is saying, just like me. So I'm going to give you someone just like me of the the same quality. Joy and I were talking about that, that, that that is such a key point that the Holy Spirit is not. A, we didn't get an inferior thing because later Jesus would tell his disciples, "It's to your advantage that I go away." So now he's if if, if he says another of the same quality, you know, when when Joy and I were married, uh, I got her a little diamond, and she laughs about you know having to look like this to be able to see it. It, it was it was tiny, and then later on I got her I got her another one, but it was actually a better a better quality. If she ever lost that diamond and I said, honey, I'll get you another one. It, it wouldn't do right for me to give, give her like a turquoise. she go, well, where's my diamond? Well, I got you. It's, it, it's a gemstone. And she go, no, no, no. You said you get me another one. And another meant another diamond, something that's the same thing. When Jesus said, I'm going to give you another helper. He'd been their helper. He said, but I gonna give you another helper just like me someone in the same category, in the same class. This is what we, we can't, we can't be guilty of putting the Holy Spirit kind of like in a separate category. There's the father, there's Jesus, and then over here is the Holy Spirit. And he's like in a second, second class category. He is not, there's God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy Spirit. So he's, he's same, same level. So same one, and then he begins to talk a little bit about the helper, that word helper means paracletos. It means to comfort, Here, here's, his, here's his role, to comfort, to encourage, to give aid. One who comes forward on behalf of another. The uh, Amplified Bible calls him the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, and the standby. When Paul was praying for the church at Ephesus, he said, I'm praying. He said, it's in, it's, it's not, this is not gonna be on the screen He said he was praying. If I can find the the reference. Yeah. He said that he, God, would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. He was praying that for the church. He said, God, that you would strengthen them, that you would make them strong in their inner man, in their spirit, through your Holy Spirit. He is a strengthener. He is a standby. He is a counselor. He's a gift to us. And understanding that he's a gift to us puts him out of the weird category and puts him out of the we don't understand category. And we just begin to say, Lord, I want to thank you for your gift because your gift is the one who's really helping me. I'm going to give you another helper, he said, and he is going to be with you forever. And he said, that's such good news because Jesus was going to be leaving he is going to stay. Last week we talked about, I won't go through it again, but we talked about the fact that even when I was away from God, I had fallen away from God, he had not left me. And as I was, as I was coming home one time from, a, from a, a week, a couple of weeks away, I began just to sing, I just began to sing hymns. And the Holy Spirit just filled that, he just filled that car up. And I began just to, I was just weeping in his presence. I'd been away from him, he had never left me. Those of you who are praying for loved ones and people who you know have have been born again, you know have received the Lord and they've gotten away. Let me tell you something, the Holy Spirit has not abandoned them and you can pray, Lord, that you would speak to them, that you would send somebody to them because he can still reach their hearts. And so he does not leave us. He is with, Jesus said, he is with us forever. And then he called him this, he called him the spirit of truth. Now that's a huge thing, the truth. A number of years ago, Joy and I were attending. We had just gotten out of Bible school. We had gone to a home meeting, and in this home meeting, there was a guy speaking, and he was teaching. I could not understand his teaching. In fact, he was kind of all over the map. And, and then he then he stopped and he began to give words of the Lord to people. And he he came to me and and gave me a. a a quote-unquote word of the Lord to me. And it was really, in all honesty, it really puffed me up that I was going to be this national teacher and go and do all these things. And it was, it was really, if you listen to it, you, you thought, wow, that's amazing. But something on the inside did not sit well with me. The spirit of truth can let you know when things are off. Yes. He mm-hmm. can let you know when things are... Have you ever just saw something and you go... Something's not right about that. Something, something. You ever had that feeling? Something, th- something's not right. Or you hear someone, you go, something, not, not, not me. I'm talking about somebody else. Do you, you understand? <laughs> but the spirit of truth can, can tell you that. And I, he just, and I remember I was, as I was walking out of there and I was going to go back and talk to the guy. And then I thought, no, 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 no. I said, something's not right about this. Over the years, Joyce said, Alan, you've been real good at keeping us out of trouble and keeping us on track. And I realized it's not because I'm so smart. It's because the spirit of truth lives in me and can help me and understand. And this is where we have to stop putting so much, so much fame on people and go, you're amazing. You're amazing. No, listen, he's amazing. And if we'll listen to him, he will help us and then help us. And he has kept us, my goodness, he's kept us out of trouble and kept us from being involved with people that were not right. He's the spirit of truth. Let me tell you something. You need to listen to the spirit of truth because he knows the future better than you know the past. Hallelujah. You're getting ready to get married. You might want to check with the Lord on whether or not whether the one you're marrying is going to be good for the long term. Come on. Amen. Amen. <laughs> married people don't even, don't even look and raise your hand. Don't even, <laughs> don't even do it. But the idea is we need to check in with the spirit of truth and especially today. We need truth because there's a lot of false stuff out there. And we need to, man, you need, you need the spirit of truth just to let you go, "Mm, no, just stay away from that. There was a, we were looking at some um, emails one time that came to me years ago, back when the internet first got rolling in the nineties and I received an email, I was up at the church. I received this email, very official looking email. They had my name. And they told me that there was someone who had left me some money. I said the internet had just gotten started, guys. These emails had had just really come out. And that someone had left me some money, and it was a pretty significant sum. We had just started the church, and we, we needed money. And I remember thinking, glory to God, someone has left us some money. I know I'm the only one. This should indulge me just for a moment here. And and I I remember that I was excited about it for just a moment, and then I realized that I needed to send this guy some money to get these funds released. And something something on the inside of me was not agreeing with that. You know, a lot of times the world calls it a hunch. We call it a witness. And if we'll listen to it, how many of us, we don't have to raise your hand. How many of us have ever had a witness that you shouldn't do something and you did it anyway and it went bad and you said, I knew I shouldn't have done that. You've ever had that happen? Well, we need to pay attention to that because if we'll pay attention to that, there will be cars that we would not buy. Hey, listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave, guys, when we leave the church. He knows stuff. He knows about cars. He knows about washing machines. He knows about air conditioners. He knows about pool pumps. He knows stuff. And if we'll listen to him, we won't waste money. He's the spirit of truth. He doesn't go, well... I'm only gonna help you in spiritual things. He said, actually, I'm gonna read you a verse that says he teaches us all things because he knows everything about everything. Do you think God's really looking up there going, wow, computers are amazing. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? What, what the, how did they figure that out? No, <laughs> no, he knows. And so I, I remember I just had that, that, and the spirit of truth just bore witness with my heart. And, and this, is, this is the key. We say, well, Alan, how come the Holy Spirit doesn't help me? If he helps you, why didn't he help me? Well, there's a couple of reasons, but here's the one thing. Do you even acknowledge that he's there? If you never acknowledge that he's there, if you never expect him to do anything, he won't. You ever hide money from yourself? I had a wallet. I used to carry a, a, a wallet. And uh, I, I put like a 20 in a, in a compartment. And after a while, it just gets flat. And you can't see it's there. And I pulled into a, uh, this was years ago, I was selling and uh, out on the road and I was hungry, pulled into a burger. I could eat Burger King Whoppers at that time without them showing up on screen. And so I, uh, and so I pulled, I was about to get a Whopper. And then I looked in my wallet. I had no money there. I'm like, oh, man, and I'm hungry. And so I had to drive on, just listen to my, the gnawing at my stomach. And, uh, and when I got, I, I was actually staying in a hotel room that night, and when I opened up my wallet, I, I remember there was a, a secret compartment there, and I opened up, there was a $20 bill in there, more than enough to buy numerous Whoppers. <laughs> I could have walked away full. But because I did not acknowledge or know that it was there, I never leaned on it. I never utilized it. If, if, the, if you don't think the Holy Spirit's there or he's not going to help you or he's not for you, then you won't even acknowledge him. The Bible said if we'll acknowledge the Lord in all our ways, he'll direct our paths. And so we have to begin to acknowledge him. And so that's, that's one of the reasons I'm teaching this series is the more you hear, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, we begin to hear. The Holy Spirit's my helper. The Holy Spirit will help me. He is the spirit of truth and truth will make us free. Because what the Holy Spirit will do, Jesus said this. He said, "You will know the truth." We well, you know. You know this verse. You will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. A friend of mine says it this way. He says, "He says lies, lies blind, and lies bind. Truth helps you see. Truth makes you free. Amen. If you think about it, the Holy Spirit will witness to you truth about who you really are." Some of you think, well, I'm just this or I'm just that or my parents said this or my ex said this and and you've, you've formed this image of yourself that's not even right and it's bound you. But if you begin to to ask the Lord, you begin to look in his word, the Holy Spirit will start to to witness to your heart. He's the spirit of truth and he'll witness to your heart. That's not who you are. You're a child of God. You're more than a conqueror in Christ. You're a new creation. You're an overcomer. You're not a loser. You're on top. You're part of God's family. You're a winner. And he'll begin to acknowledge truth to you and it'll just feel so good. You're like, man, that, that feels good. Your head's going, that's not true. That's not true. But your heart's going, that is true. He'll acknowledge to you truth about who God is. Some of you think God is out to get you. He's out to punish you. He's harsh. He is mean. He just can't wait to do something horrible in your life. And the Holy Spirit's going, no, that's not who he is. That's not who he is. He's good. Or you hear something about the goodness of God. And maybe your head's going, I don't know, but your heart's going, he is good. We sang it today. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. You know, when you sing that song, every time I sing that song, I don't think, uh, I think that's truth. <laughs> Thank you. You are a good father and I am loved by you. I'm, I'm part of your family. And that just bears witness with me. You sing those kind of songs and you feel good. Amen. I sing other, <laughs> I listen to songs sometime I used to listen to in the seventies. I'm like, oh dear God, was I singing that? Because it, it's, it's, some of it is so negative. That's why I love the, some of the songs we sing here. They're just uplifting songs. But it's also, you got the Holy Spirit involved, and that's the spirit of truth. it will help you. He'll tell you who you are and who God is. Jesus said he's the spirit of truth. The world can't receive him. The world doesn't, <laughs> this will help you. Don't get so mad at the world. Man, they come up with some goofy stuff. And, and they come up with stuff. And sometimes as Christians, we're going, I can't believe that. That's the stupidest stuff ever. Can't they see it? No, they can't. They can't. You're the one that has the spirit of truth, not them. That's why we have to reach them. The Bible says the God of this world, talking about Satan, has blinded the minds of them that don't know. And so they're in the darkness. The Bible says the way of the wicked is darkness. They don't even know what they're stumbling at. And so people don't know what That's why we need to stop... We need to stop as Christians railing at the world because they don't know. Getting angry and blowing them up on Facebook is not going to win anybody to come to Christ. It's not going to help them. And we, what we've got to say is we have to be merciful and realize that one time we were just like they were. And we have to be merciful and go, dear Lord, help them. But getting angry at them, they don't see. Jesus said, the world can't receive the Holy Spirit. You have to receive Jesus first before you can receive the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have that spirit of truth, that's why the world is so deceived. And some of the de- and I realize some of the deception is hard to fathom. But we can't get angry. We pray, Lord, open their eyes they can see. Not blow them up. <laughs> I just, i, 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 I don't this. Us blowing up people as Christians is not helping us. Because you don't win people by pushing them and and putting them down and demeaning them. Nobody wins that way. Still here? Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I'll come to you. That word orphans is comfortless. The word means I will not leave you obscure and in the dark. Orphans were probably the most disadvantaged people of that day. He said, I won't leave you orphans. He said, since we're not orphans, we need to act like we're not orphans. We have help. I know sometimes we beg and we're just begging God and beg. Listen, we don't have to beg God. We have the helper and we're not orphans. Jesus went on to talk more about the Holy Spirit. Let's look at another verse. He continues to talk about the helper. John 14 25 and 26, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So let's look at this verse just a little bit. Uh, The helper, the Holy Spirit, again calls him the helper, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you. But the Bible said that, Jesus said he will come in my name. Now that's an interesting phrase, he will come in my name. What's it mean? He will come in and represent me. He will, the Father will send him in my name. If you're the ambassador for the United States, whenever you go to speak in the country that you're speaking in, you speak in the name of the United States. You are representative of the United States. So you speak in that name and with that authority. As the ambassador, you have authority, you speak. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, the Father will send him in my name. He's going to come and represent me. He will come and continue the work that you called me to do. Now, the Bible says that we are to operate in Jesus' name. That's what the, that's what the apostles did. In Acts, this chapter, they begin to say, go ahead, put that up there. Uh, they had called the apostles in because they had, they had seen a man get healed, and uh, all the religious, Jewish religious leaders were mad. And uh, they called the apostles in and beaten them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. Now, they're not saying they weren't calling themselves Jesus. What that says is I am, they were speaking in his name, representing him in his authority. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were, they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. So the disciples had this idea. We operate in the name of Jesus. We're here. We're going to operate in his name. You say, well, that was them. Alan, this is us. Actually, no, that's, that's actually what we're to do. That we're to operate in Jesus' name. We're to represent Jesus to the world. Remember, the Bible says that we're ambassadors for Christ. And the objective, listen, the objective is not just for God to get you to heaven when you die. That's That's good. But, but if that was the only objective, then we get saved and go. His objective is, while we're here, we're to reach as many people as we can for him. That's right. So that means that we are his ambassadors. We represent him. Man, that would, that would change so much if we had just an image of the fact that we represent him. Whenever you walk in, you're representing Jesus. Yes. Is that a little heavy for you? I, uh, I used to be a, a sales rep. And uh, I've, I've represented different companies. Whenever I walked in, I represented my company. And they say, oh, here's the guy from administrative staff, Or, oh, here's the guy from, uh, I sold checks one time. Here's the guy from Clark Checks. Here's the guy from Wrangler Jeans. Every time I walked in, I was the representative. And what I said was like the company saying it. When we, walk in, when we walk in the world, you don't just walk in your company or your business or where you work and you're just you. No, you walk in as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ and your job is to show people how good he is so then they'll come to you. You don't even have to preach to them. You just have to live it. Amen. And they'll come your way. Because what they'll do is they'll sneak by your cubicle sometime they'll go, uh, "Cause you pray? My grandma's sick. I got, I got an uncle that's sick. How many of you ever had that happen? Yes. They might, they, they might, they might call you all kinds of names, but they'll call you at midnight. <laughs> but our job is that we operate, and we're, we're to come in Jesus' name. Paul yes. said in Colossians, whatever you do in word or do you do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. His name, we represent Him. This is not. But but if you think about it, this this shifts everything. It changes the parameters that it's not just me down here trying to survive until Jesus comes or I go to heaven. It changes things. It gives me a a greater sense of purpose. That I'm down here and I can be a representative to Jesus in my family, in my neighborhood, I represent him. So I'm not equipped to do it. Oh, but you are. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us represent him. Sitting next to a girl one day in in a a prayer class, she began to tell me that her her just her mental health. This is before the word mental health got out there, and she was just oppressed and just depressed, and that she was just she was beside herself. She just poured out her heart and told him, and I'm sitting there and I I listened to her. And, and I just kind of nodded my head. And, and I turned back around and all of a sudden I knew. And I looked over her and I said, you're gonna get free today. And uh, she looked at me, she said, did the Lord tell you to tell me that? And I said, this was new to me. I said, I think. <laughs> the Lord's merciful with us. This is, this is not an exact science. But in my heart, I knew she was going to get free. Mm-hmm. And um, we broke up into different groups. And after the, after the teaching, we broke up in different groups and just started praying for one another. I wasn't, she wasn't even in my group. And all of a sudden, something you just She just began to weep, but this time it was tears of joy. And her whole countenance had changed. And it was like something had just broken off of her. If you've ever been depressed, you know, sometimes it can be like a cloud that just hangs over her. And it, it broke off of her, and she, she began to weep, and she, she was free. But the Lord knew that, and He equipped me to help her and to get her ready that something good was going to happen. See, that's the beautiful thing about this. Is there weren't not just, just being good little Christians, waiting for Jesus to come, sitting by the Holy Spirit bus stop, waiting for the rapture. <laughs> We actually can become representatives of him. And we can represent him and then the Holy Spirit can help us do that. And we can be a blessing to the people around us. Isn't that a cool thing? That's cool. The help is not just to help us be happy, live a better life. It's to help us be a blessing to people around us. And wouldn't that be a different mentality if you walked in tomorrow to your place of work going, I am here to be a blessing. And these people are blessed to have me. (laughs) Wait a minute. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. I've looked at people and told them, you'd be blessed if I work here. And I wasn't wasn't joking. I wasn't trying to be arrogant. I, I told one guy, I said, I'm a tither. I said, and God blesses whatever I set my hand to do. I said, I'll be a blessing to you. This was a sales call. Every sales manager wants a salesman who believes he can sell. This guy wasn't even a believer. He's like, amen. (laughs) But what if you walked in tomorrow and you just had a different mentality? You begin to say, I'm here to be a blessing. God's equipped me to be a blessing. I'm a blessing to this company. I'm a blessing to this business. I'm a blessing to my employees. I'm a blessing in my neighborhood. That's how things change. It's not just by getting them to come in here. It's for us going out there and take Jesus to them out there. And you can do it better than I can. When they find out I'm a preacher, I shut down things. Parties shut down. Everything shuts down. But you can sneak up on them. They won't see you coming. (laughs) And we do it in his name. This is so much bigger than just surviving, going to church. This is fun. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for equipping us to operate in your name, to reach a world that's in darkness so we can shine our light and be a blessing. I thank you for that. Thank you for for just sparking that truth alive in our hearts that we can be a blessing wherever we go. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening, or maybe you're watching online, you say, you know what, Alan, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. I'm not sure about that. Or maybe you knew you did at one time, and you know in your heart you've gotten away from him. So you're you're sitting there tonight going, yeah, I'm just not there, but I'd like to be. If that's you, we're going to do something in just a moment. We're going to pray. But I'm going to ask you to do one thing if you would. If that's you that I'm talking to and you say, you know what? I, I want to be sure in my heart or I want to come back. Would you, I want to be a part of this prayer. Would you pray for me? i ask you to do it. It takes courage, but I believe you can do it. Just shoot your hand up real quick and say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate your courage. Anybody else? Thank you. Great. Wonderful. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Now, maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you can jump in on this prayer. We're going to pray it with you. If you're online, you can pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray it out loud. You can, if you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with other people, pray it quietly. But we're going to pray this here. It's this a wonderful prayer. It's short, but it's powerful. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Head still, bowed, eyes closed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. Father, thank you for what you've done in their hearts. And Father, thank you for receiving them. Thank you, Lord. for Some have just stepped straight out of darkness into light. Some have come back home and we rejoice with them because good things are in store. We give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.